The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. About 150,000 cars travel on I-95 in Central Richmond each day. Chad Khalil with VPM News reports the highway came at a cost, and there's a push to repair the damage. Cliff Chambliss is leading a march through Richmond's historic Jackson Ward. He has family ties to the area. In the 1950s, about 10% of the city's black population were forced out. Homes were demolished, families were displaced, communities were broken up, businesses destroyed, and this is the cause. Interstate 95 splits the neighborhood. North of the freeway, unemployment is about twice as high, and household incomes are lower too. Chambliss and the other marchers want reparations for black Richmonders for the damage done. Richmond applied for a federal grant to study how better connecting the neighborhood can help address inequity. Maritza Peachin is Richmond's Deputy Director for Equitable Development. Housing, economic development, sustainability, all these other issues, you know, repairing for past harms. The U.S. Department of Transportation says awards will be announced early next year. Jad Khalil, VPM News. The Richmond Folk Festival entertained a record number of attendees last weekend. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, the festival drew an estimated 230,000 people, the highest ever for the event. It also raised more than $125,000 in donations over the three days of performances. The 2022 event was the 18th Folk Festival in downtown Richmond. For the first three years, it was the site of the National Folk Festival. We should disclose that VPM is a media sponsor of the Richmond Folk Festival. Many colleges across the country and in Virginia started a new type of grading system early in the pandemic, and some are keeping that system around for this school year. Megan Polly with VPM News reports. A number of Virginia colleges allowed pass-fail or credit-no-credit grading in spring 2020. Some continued those policies through last year. Now, normal A through F grading is back at schools like George Mason University. Others, like Virginia Commonwealth University, are continuing to allow students to take some classes for a pass-fail grade. Tamikia Legrand is VCU's vice president for enrollment strategy and student success. Our students greatly appreciated it. As a matter of fact, they encouraged us to keep the policy after we were moving out of the height of the pandemic. Last year, William and Mary convened a task force to talk about the pass-fail grading method. The group, which included student representatives, decided to keep the system in place, but the option is limited to just two majors. Megan Pauley, VPM News. Local election officials in Virginia are working through a backlog of voter registration files caused by a technical glitch. As Ben Pavier with VPM News reports, Governor Glenn Youngkin is blaming outdated IT software for the issue. State officials say more than 100,000 voter files were caught in the glitch, but no data was lost. Youngkin, who campaigned last year on the issue of election integrity, blamed his Democratic predecessor for the issue. He said former Governor Ralph Northam should have moved faster to replace the state's IT system. We, in, we inherited a system from the previous administration that was supposed to be decommissioned and replaced and wasn't. 
Democratic lawmakers in Virginia and the state's former commissioner of elections say Youngkin's team failed to act on a sharp drop-off in voter registrations this summer and has had 10 months to replace the IT system himself. Ben Pavier, VPM News. The first executive director of Charlottesville's Police Civilian Oversight Board has resigned. Hansel Aguilar has taken a similar position in Berkeley, California, according to the Daily Progress. His last day with the Charlottesville board is October 21st. Aguilar joins a growing list of city officials who've left in recent years. In some cases, the departures involved internal disputes and backlash tied to the city's handling of 2017's Unite the Right rally. The Pine Grove School in Cumberland County is one of many Rosenwald schools built during segregation to help educate young black students. As Ian Stewart from VPM News reports, a proposed nearby landfill hasn't stopped former students from trying to repair the dilapidated building and turn it into a cultural center so they can pass on the community's history to younger generations. My name is Muriel Miller Branch, and I'm a retired educator. On a sweltering day in June, Muriel Branch sits in what used to be the Pine Grove classroom. It was built by uh, our African-American ancestors, including mine, and they began building around 1897. Dust floats in the air and the smell of wet wood is strong. She sits near the corner of the room where there used to be a wood stove. It was in this setting that she began attending Pine Grove School, one of the many Rosenwald schools that dotted the rural landscape in the South during segregation. The schoolhouses were built with funds from Julius Rosenwald, part owner of Sears Roebuck and Company. My siblings and I walked three and a half miles one way, and we picked up our cousins and friends along the way. Children from pre-K through seventh grade would sit at assigned desks, starting their day with devotions, Bible verses, and a pledge of allegiance to the flag, Branch said. The kids took recess. Branch says she and her friends had a playhouse in the nearby woods. And we would sweep our playhouse floor and we would find berries and paint our nails and do all kinds of things that girls do. Other alumni VPM spoke to shared a similar fondness for Pine Grove. That's why many want to preserve it, but they're worried a proposed landfill will tarnish its historic character. Um, So I'm going to be your facilitator for today. On a late August Sunday afternoon, about two and a half dozen people sat in fold-up chairs at the Hope Community Center in Cumberland County. The group is attending a listening session called Dream With Us, visioning the future of Pine Grove School. Teenager Kelson Wilson, who's the grandson of Muriel Branch, has some ideas of what he'd like to see Pine Grove become. Yeah, I would definitely like to see a museum, you know, them have pictures all over the place, you know, someone that's actually like has time to, you know, talk about experience inside of the Pine Grove School, you know. In 2018, the Cumberland County Board of Supervisors approved Green Ridge Recycling and Disposal Facility to build a landfill directly across the street. The idea of a landfill so close to Pine Grove and what it could become doesn't sit well with historian and Pine Grove board member Naya Bates. This is our space, our land, and we can save it, especially from an environmental threat like a mega landfill. Jerry Seafor, the head of Green Ridge, has offered to give money to Pine Grove, but he says his donations aren't welcome. They have basically said that they will not have any dialogue with us unless we agree to an environmental impact study. But Seafor says he won't do the study because his company is already doing what's required by the Department of Environmental Quality. He says he wants to be a good neighbor and has offered to pay to help rebuild the school. 
C4 says his company has already given about $16 million to Cumberland County, from buying houses around the proposed landfill to funding school scholarships. But the community says that's not enough. Former student Muriel Branch says Pine Grove nurtured her, gave her a sense of being and a purpose. She says the site is more than a building. It is a gathering place and a place that inculcated us with the values that we still hold today. Regardless of whether the landfill is built, Pine Grove advocates say their fight to bring the history of their school to tell their stories to a new generation will continue. Ian Stewart, VPM News. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at myvpm. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.